Hello and welcome back to another episode of Unfiltered. I'm Yanina Doyle. I'm Jonathan Kleeman. And I'm so excited, really excited. We have uh, an amazing guest all the way from Uruguay. Well, actually London, but officially uh, Uruguay. Um, Gabriela Sima. See? Yes. Yes, correcto. Exactly. Perfect. Uh, but we can call you Gabby, right? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. So Gabby, thank you so much for coming on. Thank I'm you feeling pressure now. I'm going to get Gabby wrong. You, okay, um, John has a big problem with just saying people's names in general. That's why he's not allowed to do you, the introductions. Well, you just you, you go, which call you Gabby? I'm like, oh, God, don't get Gabby wrong. Don't what, get Gabby wrong. I know, but now I'm just kind of paranoid about it. Okay, really we'll just see what happens. But to be honest, uh, we've known each other for a few years now, John, and you still can't say my name correctly. Of course I can, Yanina. Oh, my God, that was beautiful. That was so nice. I really appreciate that. Um, Gabby? <laughs> it sounds like Menina. Like Menina? In, in Portuguese, it's girl. Oh, Menina. Menina Yanina. I'm girl Yanina. Girl Yanina. I'm going to use Compared that to when, I, when I go to... Who you see on the weekends. Oh my God, don't talk about my moonlighting yeah, as a man on here. Now everybody knows. It's supposed to be a secret between me and you. I bet that some people are going, wait, there's another girl on this podcast? <laughs> Stop it. Moving on. Gabby, tell us. Um, so you are the brand ambassador of the wines of Uruguay. Yes, exactly. That is awesome. Um, yeah. How did you get into wine? Well, I, I studied chemistry before, okay. um, before because I, it, it, it seems like a long time before ago. <laughs> um, yes, I studied chemistry and then in the, in the same building um, they taught, uh, they teach um, sommelierie. Mm. So I, I passed through that door and, and was watching, um, sorry. <laughs> um, I'm a little nervous, I'm sorry. It's okay, don't be All nervous. Right. You should be nervous of him. Yeah. Carry on. Yeah. Save that for later. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was studying chemistry and one of the um, works I had to do was related to wine. Okay. It's, it's that's convenient. Yeah, that's convenient. Yeah. I had to analyze uh, a sample of wine okay. and to see the potassium. Ah, you start drinking not, it instead. Yes. Like I analyzed it, it's great. Keep yes, going, make exactly. more. I like yeah. it. Yeah, and I I had to investigate uh, how wine was made and that's that things. And yeah. I was really into it at that point. But that's a really nice way to come into wine. Yeah. Actually, I'm, I'm changing my title I'm now. Wine analyzer. Oh, for goodness! It's a much sake. better way of saying pisshead. <laughs> Jonathan Kleeman, the wine analyzer. Yeah, okay, like well, that. let's see. We'll see by the end of this if Gabby agrees. She's the official wine analyzer. Wine I know. Analyzer. See, I'm like, with a professional wine analyzer. Exactly. Here. So, as a professional wine analyzer, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it was so much um, interesting, and I like it better than what I was doing. I was working in a lab, so that makes I, sense. I it was very routine, and uh-huh. I had to do the same things every day. Mm-hmm. So I I start with sommelierie and I just dive, in dive into it. Mm. How long ago was that? It was in 2014. Okay. And oh, then, wow. yes. So, so it's been a quick change then. Yes. Yes. And then when did you come to, so you're kind of, in, you're not officially staying in London. This is more of a, you're kind you're yeah. flirting with London. Yes. I'm right? flirting. Flirting. Actually, I don't have a house. Okay. So I'm, uh, it's been. Leave it to anyone in London. <laughs> no one can afford one. Yeah. We have rooms here. Yeah. We live in rooms. It's yes. Uh, it's been four years. I'm a nomad. Yeah, nomad. Do you know what? Nomad, travel, wine, everything. I Gabby mean, was, living, you are living the dream. Gabby was saying just before her, her travelling plans over the next sort of two months, she's barely anywhere for more than ten minutes, it seems. So, uh, Yanina's very jealous. I am very jealous. Now, 
I'm also wanting to taste some wine. So let's, or we'll talk maybe more about your plans of travel and what, yes. you, what you do for um, Uruguay. But tell us, what, what you've brought all, okay, Gabby has brought all three wines because of course she knows uh, the wines better than we do. So we have Bodega Garzon. Yes, exactly. We are starting with the whites, uh, an Albarino from Bodega Garzon. Mm-hmm. It's in Maldonado, this winery. Yep. And I love this wine. This wine was, um, the, the grape was first introduced by, by Bodega Bousa. Mm. They are from Galicia, so mm-hmm. they wanted to plant uh, a grape from their hometown. Mm-hmm. And then other wineries started to, to plant uh, the same grape. And cheers. Oh, cheers. Sorry, yeah. you need I'm getting thirsty. You need so dancing I'm like, and I'm like, please, can we, up, can we so. start? Um, okay, so that's why, um, and, and for anyone who's been listening to the podcast, we, um, I brought on a uh, Bowser. Um, Riesling, yes, ironically, exactly. so not the Albarino, but that's that was that was when we really started talking a little bit more, yes, didn't we? Exactly, when you saw yeah. about that, and I was like, please, I love Uruguay, I love Uruguay. <laughs> um, so, Garzon, if anyone doesn't know about Garzon, I used to sell this Albarino um, many years ago as a sommelier, so it's always been one of one of my favourites from Uruguay. Um, these guys. If the winery is sensational, yeah. I mean, they have. Do you do you know anything, John, about Garzon? Only what you've told me. So. so Garzon, I mean, they have. I know that they have an exclusive membership club. If you've got the dollar dollar bill, y'all. But for the normal people, I mean, there's like, I mean, there's a golf course. They've got their own like olive oil pressing machine. They've got an amazing chef. Do you know? Yes. We were talking about chefs before, John, and you said, oh, I know nothing about chefs. Yes, I yeah. You know about this one name. chef in Uruguay? No, but I've forgotten his name. Oh, okay. Frank Malman? Francis Malman. Francis Malman. That's Francis, Frank, Frank, very similar. Yes. Very similar. <laughs> Frank, that famous chef from Uruguay. Yeah, yeah. sounds sound right. He's actually Argentinian, okay. but he's like an expert on barbecues. Mm. So, oh, nice. Um, in the River Plate, we like... Uh, meat very much. Well, you have four cows to every one person, yeah, don't you? Exactly. We but that seems like a fair amount for a year. I feel like I could do that. You eat like yeah. I think the average person eats like meat ten to twelve times a week or something. I like read something yes. like it. And eating in, in Uruguay, you mean? In or, Uruguay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you guys meat. got your stu- you, you guys got your shit together. No veganism. <laughs> I like it. Pro this. And eating meat is something we do when we meet our friends and we do a barbecue and it's mm. kind of. Um, very traditional yeah asado we call it so they, they've got the, the amazing chef you've he does they do cooking classes in yes. Garzon I mean it, it, everyone google but they Garzon there's a new there's a new um, kind of competition website called best vineyards uh, yeah. bestvineyardsintheworld.com best is that vi- yes is exactly. that what it's called yes it came second exactly we'll, we won't we won't talk about number one because it's not <laughs> Uruguay but to you know to, to have that that's still a hell of a thing considering you visit some of the vineyards out there in the world there are so many I was probably thinking you think about with vineyards is how beautiful the places can be as well and how much the set up and it's not just about the winemaking for some of them it's also about the setting so that's a oh, hell of an achievement considering some of the places I've visited I think you know so everyone google Bodega Garzon because it is amazing and I always remember when I sold this wine um, I heard the story I, I, I don't know if it's still the case Punta de Este uh, yes. which is on the coast so uh, Maldonado am I pronouncing it right? Yes. Maldonado which is the wine region that this yes. is on um, Punta de Este is on the coast and so many people come and they, they're drinking their Albarinos because of course coastal the, the white is a little bit more popular often there and as the sun sets they all clap with their Albarino and uh, I just that for me was, it was just one of the most romantic stories I ever yeah. heard in the world of wine and uh, my relationship with uh, the Albarinos from, from, from Uruguay and Garzon 
was formed after yeah. that story. Nice. Um, John, Mr. I don't know Uruguay too well, what do you think of this Albarino? No, I really like it. Ironically, one of the few, one of the ones I have tried whites from Uruguay's Albarino before. Mm. Ellis of Richmond actually bring one in. It's really nice. Who? Ellis of Richmond. Okay. And it's um, a good value as well. It's, um, Ellis of Richmond bring in Pisano. There we are. Which so. is our second wine. But there you go. So um, yeah, I have one before. I think I think it's a, a really good expression of it as well. Mm. It's lovely um, lemon sherbetty. Yeah. It's because uh, again, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's quite different from the Espaiches obviously in the style because many of Uruguay, as far as I know, nearly all the vineyards are pretty much all around the coast. So similar to Espaiches in that style, but obviously in general a bit warmer. Yes. Uh, so you still get that same sort of sea saltiness in there, but yeah, the fruit exactly. is definitely riper. So yeah, this is this is the region in Uruguay with the most influence of the Atlantic Ocean mm-hmm. because it's closer. So it's a pretty new region in Uruguay that is developing. Uh, new investors are planting uh, vineyards in, in this region. What's the region, sir? It's Maldonado. Maldonado, Maldonado yes. and for anyone who is, has not got their map in, and they're not prepared for this podcast, yeah. Maldonado is to the east, isn't it, of Canelones. So Canelones is the main region. They're, they're the prob- Would you say they are the two regions that people should know about at least for Uruguay Canelones because it's around the ta- the the main capital of Monte Montevideo Montevideo and then to the east is Maldonado right yes is there people, any people should know about all regions of Uruguay Uruguay uh, <laughs> 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 but yeah uh, Canelones is the region with most wine wineries and okay. most this is where you should start <laughs> yeah yes. exactly yeah and it's the traditional wine region of Uruguay and Maldonado is the coastal so, and there's a little bit more altitude in Maldonado, no? yes, isn't there? Yes, yes, there's a little more altitude, and also the soils are different. A lot, there's a lot more kind of granitic rocks. Yes. It's heavier soils in Canelones, right? It's, I think yeah, more, more clay, clay more, yeah. yeah, more clay, limestone. So altitude obviously is very important though for um, Uruguay. Not, not much no? because no, it's uh, we don't have much altitude uh, actually, so it's really, really flat. So you're like the flat part of South America, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we have the Atlantic Ocean. That is a, a difference between Argentina and yeah. Chile. Um, well, Chile have the, the Pacific, but yes. And to be honest, everyone says really. I mean, this is and this is something that I find really exciting. You, you've got this. Every lots of people who are tasting these wines from Uruguay are saying this is the perfect balance between new world and old world and I think that is probably all the vineyards that are planted on the coast with the Atlantic Ocean you've kind of you've got the heat as you just mentioned John but then all the kind of coastal breezes and actually a decent amount of rain so whereas Chile and Argentina can even suffer with droughts and issues there Uruguay is it has I mean probably has to deal with fungus issues quite a lot because of the rain and also humidity and things like that so yes it depends of of course of the the vintage Mm -hmm. But that gives it kind of a good chance to really stand out from South America. There's a lot of similarities between um, Chile and Argentina. Exactly. They're not the same, but there's definitely a lot of similarities in grapes and what's being grown yes. and what does well. Um, so obviously that gives you Uruguay quite a st- in, a, in an area of South America, you know, for such a huge area, it gets clumped together quite regularly. You know, everyone kind of goes, oh, it's South America, it's kind of the same. Yeah. Which is unfair anyway. Yeah, but I think right. that it gives you Uruguay the chance to really stand out. I, I like to highlight on ever testing that Uruguay is pretty unique and different from Argentina or Chile because it has um, the Atlantic Ocean and also um, the temperate climate and the families that run the vineyards are um, very small vineyards. Everything is um, tiny, isn't it? Yes. So this is something that 
we really appreciate um, and I really like working with them um, would you say because as far as I've known and tell me if I'm wrong most of the winery they, they, well maybe all I don't know are they are family owned is there there's no big there's no big corporate I mean this is Bodega um, yes, Garzon exactly. is probably the biggest it's the biggest but it's not, not a cooperative it's yeah a, yes but um, mostly of the wineries are family that's really so it's, it's really nice to see that in, in sort of which again you think people think of new world and they think of bigger corporations yeah, or exactly. bigger guys moving in or even French wine makers moving over or top winemakers from America moving over which is never a bad thing either but that's kind of the assumption in your mind for quality mm-hmm. comes from there. So it's yes. interesting to see Uruguay's almost the opposite. All these tiny little family vineyards are now getting some world recognition, yes. which is more what you're seeing from like new old world, like in Romania and uh, Slovenia and mm-hmm. Croatia, mm-hmm. where it's actually a lot of older winemaking that's been going on for a long time, but no one's really been paying attention. Exactly. So that quality's kind of been instilled. The, yeah. the vines have some age, um, but then it's you know it's, it's still new in the sense for, for us as to experience as wine drinkers. Not for yourself, obviously. <laughs> yeah. uh, you've probably experienced it for a long food. time, yeah. but for yeah. us, this is wine drinkers is, is this new. is why I'm so much like we have to drink more wines of Uruguay and get more in England or you know and I, I presume the same probably for America the same they've probably hardly got any we're talking about about and I, again maybe you know where it's changed I think there's about 8,000 hectares um, of it's vines a, it's a little less it's a little six, less yes oh it's only around 6,000 okay and Argentina and Chile is way more than 200,000 hectares so yeah. we are talking so little vines but I, I imagine though Uruguay drinks a lot of its own wine Yes, which is exactly. always a big yeah. issue with smaller, smaller yeah. producing countries. Again, mentioning, I can, well, kind of find more parallels between it for Slovenia and Croatia mm-hmm. than I do for anywhere else in South America in the yeah. sense of it's not like Brazil, which is kind of a new wine growing market. Obviously, Uruguay has been doing it for a long time. Yeah, but if you only produce a small amount anyway and your country drinks most of it, it does make the less incentive. So you're almost selling it abroad is almost crazy to do because it takes a lot of effort, red tape. You've got to give people a lot longer terms on the wine because it's mm-hmm. got to get all the way over from if you're well, saying it, take, from it Uruguay, takes on average around two months from if somebody yeah. places an order in England yes. and so no, exactly. t- about a month a in the winery to produce maybe less for the smaller ones but the bigger ones will need a certain amount of time and then definitely regardless a month on water and what, and what a lot of people don't realise about how the wine world works there's at least 30 days if not more on most wine orders so yeah. that means but if it's from the new world that's only 30 days on top of delivery day yeah. so if it gets delivered say two months after you've sent it then you'll give person another 30 days if you're a small little winemaker in Uruguay it's hard to make that attractive for them yes. to sell abroad. So for people who are doing it abroad, fantastic to them, because obviously they've got a passion to do it. Yes. But it's actually doesn't, it almost doesn't make economic sense unless you really want to put yourself on the map. So it's good to see that people yeah, are doing it. It's, it's, it's good to be in the map as but well. It's, oh, yeah, obviously it's helpful. <laughs> but, it's, it's, and obviously it's, but it's a big risk as well for them. So yes. it's, it's, it's fantastic watching people do it. And we are, again, even if people at Slovenia or Croatia are doing it as well, but it's an even bigger risk from someone from Uruguay. So I think that it shows a lot of um, passion. Yeah. Because economically, people will think, oh, if you sell abroad, it's fantastic. Not to sell to the UK for them is probably not the biggest economic decision they've made. It's probably more because they want to prove their wine can be on a stage with other and top wines. So exactly. And they should do. And they should do. It's fantastic. Um, so this is for anyone who uh, please go and buy this. Do you happen to know this is a 2018 Albarino Reserva from Bodega Garzon. Do you know where you can buy this in retail? And do you yes. happen to know the retail price? 
Selfridge. Selfridge is perfect. There we go. Oh, they, 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 they went straight for the big market. Yeah. Good. Well, go Uruguay. Then Uruguay deserves to be around. Selfridge. Yeah. Done. Um, what I love about this is it's actually really floral. It's really peachy. It's uh, the way I like to describe wines when they're like really soapy. Yeah. Um, it just it feels like you know if you go into somebody's bathroom and they've got all the delicious products, everything just smells fluffy and soapy and powdery and talky yeah, and all this kind of stuff. Very romantic. Oh. Uh, <laughs> We're so glad we're not Sorry, on the recording. Sorry, it's a wet t-shirt competition. Oh, Gabby, duh, she just threw wine all I'm over so me. I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to be honest, it does that, happen yeah. when you get excited. Yeah, you, you get delicious wine. It's not it's a fine. first time. It won't be our last, don't worry. No, exactly. And do you know what? Um, it's fine if you throw the white wine on me. The red wine you're going to have to Yeah, you start, you start yes. early. But obviously, there's still me you need them to go. So we'll see how this, this exactly. ends up. The table could be a mess. And actually, as well, I think from, from what I remember about Garzon as well, apart from the fact they have this incredible winery, um, Alberto Antonini, the incredible... Um, winemaker and consultant winemaker um, yeah. from uh, Antinori and uh, Sassacaya and I think he did Fresco Baldi he was in Fresco yeah. Baldi as well um, helps make these wines yes, I don't know exactly. if he's still involved or? yes yeah. he's still involved he's the consultant and the winemaker uh, in charge of the production is Herman Brussone okay he's an Uruguayan winemaker nice okay so yeah. it's nice that still the roots yes, the roots yes. are there and also the they have a Uruguayan team as well. Um, Eduardo Felix is the um, engineer uh, in charge of the vineyards, and yes, there's a marketing team. Yes, they work very nice. Well, uh, to be honest, I think you know Garzon, and I and I applaud Garzon because you know everything that Garzon does. I think is really helping Uruguay in general because yes, they course. definitely because the owner definitely has a decent amount of money. Yes, um, has hence, some. He's, he's a little bit of money. Yes. Hence, hence, obviously, the massive, beautiful <laughs> winery. But but that means that he can also take these wines around the world. Exactly. Yeah. And any. In but fact, he's not. He's not. This is not just a vanity project. This is obviously he's put a lot of care into no. the actual juice and that's what's is, really impressive. Um, Bulgaroni loves Garzon and mm. it was his first winery and. He deeply loves the winery, yeah. and it's so good for Uruguay to have a, a, a person, and Argentinian, he's not Uruguayan, that really loves the place and believes in the region, in the wines, in the people, so it's... So he, he met with Uruguay and he fell in love, basically. Yes, he fell so, yeah. in love, yes. Well, this, in fact, as well, worth mentioning to people, if they still haven't believed me enough that Garzon's amazing, their top flagship wine, which is a red wine, it's Tanat, we'll talk about Tanat in a bit, um, it's called Bal, Baldos? Balasto. Bal, say again one more Balasto. Balasto. Yes, Balasto, yeah. It's a kind of soil that grew, mm -hmm. that is um, in this region, that is located in this region. So this is the Petrus of Tanat then? Well, interesting yeah. you say Petrus, because this is um, one of only four wines in South America that is now in La Place de Bordeaux. So, you know, in if anyone who doesn't really know what that is, it's, it's not an actual place. <laughs> it's a, you know, market where generally Bordeaux wines sell to brokers who sell to negotiants who it's, sell to it's, us. It's, it's, the stock a, take, it's the stock market of wine. But, but yeah, but basically, obviously it used to be Bordeaux and now you're going to find your Opus Ones are in there um, and your Massettos and Sassacayas are in there. Well, there's only four wines in um, from South America in that list being sold around the world and only one from Uruguay and that is the um, the Tanit from Bodega Garzon so that I mean that's an, a massive achievement as well I yes. just think I think that and I think that happened from last year I think. Yes, two years ago. Okay, two years ago. 
Uh, speaking of uh, around the world, um, our sponsor, Sommelier Socks, <laughs> can also be bought around the world, and you can buy them now on Amazon, Etsy, or I think also on eBay now as well. I love that um, you remember to actually yeah, plug Yeah, no, I'm actually plugging some. We have also gifted Gabby a pair yes, of socks, because I keep forgetting to do this every episode with my guests. Um, yeah, you can get them available now. Christmas is coming, guys. They're 100% made in the EU, all made in Greece, all made in one place, all sourced in the EU. Um, so you order away. You'll get and a lovely pair of the uh, navy blue, is uh, what Gabby's got. So. And um, obviously, you know, we have the sunshine right now, but it's not going to stay warm it's not forever, stay warm guys. For long. Those tootsies. Your sandals are going away, yeah. and you need to keep your shoes on. And, these, and you the need future. 100% cotton socks to keep your feet feeling good. Breathable. They're okay, breathable. They're very, I wear them regularly. They're very breathable, and they all my pairs since day one are still looking just as good. So. We'll do an episode at some point where John tells us which which socks would pair best with which wine. We'll, yeah, we'll then there's definitely there's definitely some pairings. It's, so it's pairing more with your meal and your choice of day. <laughs> um, anyway, I definitely give this wine a thumbs up. I love it. Um, I really like it. It's, yeah. it's zesty. It's aromatic. It's pretty. It's soft. It's got a nice mouthfeel. Um, not quite medium body, but it's got a little I bit. Think, of I weight. think I think it's almost there. But it's, what I say, it's, got, it's, it's got a compare. The only other Albertinos I've tried with this sort of body to them are normally the blends that you get in Rias Baixas. Um, there's a, a Tradaxadeo, or I can't it's a local grape variety. Tradaxadeo. so I was close. Mm. Um, We'd say they normally blend, and you normally... Oh, sorry, yes. Yeah. So, if it's pronounced correctly, that's what it sounds okay, like. There you go. Um, but that normally you see like 10 15% sometimes blended in with a little bit of oaking going on in some parts of Albarino, mm, which is yeah, um, it's a very old grape variety that's found in the, the region. Um, and that makes them more kind of full of body styles. Um, and I think this, that has some of the same mouthfeel what you get with this, but this being 100%. And I think that's the effect, obviously, of the climate. Yes. Um, and I've literally had a glass of Burgundy before we started this. And this as, is, as he does. Okay. Just the usual. <laughs> that's how I warm up. Um, and white Burgundy to do with this. And obviously, this, this, the body and the mouthfeel is standing up to that. So it's not the same. It's not going to be the same length or the same it palette. A, it's softer, the, isn't it? it, it but it, it's, it's, not, it's lost a little bit of the acidity you'd get with a, or a New Zealand or a, a Spanish Albarino, mm-hmm. or traditionally you would. But it gets, gains that mouthfeel and a little bit mm. more it, oiliness it, lingers, it um, lasts yeah. on the tongue for longer and the ripeness of the fruit is fantastic mm-hmm. I really like it I think it's got, it's got a really good um, you could easily drink it on its own but it's also got some really good food pairing possibilities mm-hmm. with it would, would, what do you think do you think with white, the white grape varieties of Uruguay Albariño is the grape variety or would you say Riesling is the grape variety no of, Riesling is planted for very few, very few. Okay, okay. But I think maybe in the UK, because we find that quite yes. interesting, it's come over more. Of so w- would you say that Albarino is um, most planted? Or is or there some other ones we don't know no, about? We, um, yes, we have Chardonnay and Sauvignon Blanc, mm-hmm. but as it is, as they are very common grapes mm-hmm. all over the world. Um, we want to highlight, highlight the Albarinos as well. Yeah. But yes, we have... Do you, um, think, do you think Albarino for... Um, Uruguay could be what Malbec was for Argentina. There you go. There's a, there's a scoop for you. Do you think? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. You know, the, the, the way that it's, it's got its own style completely from anywhere else, and it's sort yes, of set a standard. Exactly. Yeah. Of course, we have really nice Chardonnays mm-hmm. and Sauvignon Blanc, and well, De Luca is the other winery has um, a Marsan as well. Um, oh, interesting. Yes. I've heard that quite, I've mentioned your own South and Rome varieties could work quite yes, well. Yes, exactly. And also Petit Mansin. Yes, okay, I've heard so, of that. That's there. Yes. But people are doing um, 100% varietal mm-hmm. Petit Mansin. Yes, some some of them are, are doing 100% and some mix it with Viognier. Ah, okay. Now, yeah. we're going on the topic of... Well, uh, Viognier is another... Viognier. Yeah, I would say we, normally Albrinier does well Viognier tends yeah. to follow quite well yes. um, and everyone's going to mention obviously we're going to move on to Italian grape varieties later but is anyone experiment with some of the white grape varieties from Italy as well? Mm, Trebbiano 
Okay. Okay. But I mean, has that well, Treviano can make fantastic wine? So well, it's been, yeah. I'm assuming we're talking about Treviano, um, yeah. the which one um, of the thousand? Oh my god, what's it called? Trebbiano, well, Trebbiano de Abruzzo, but I, it's got a, it's got a clone. Well, that makes what? the best, yeah. Yeah. No. There's, there's a lot of clones. I, I can't because because the majority of the clones are actually really bad. Um, yeah, but it's also about how they worked. And you know, Trebbianos are very much a, what you do with it in the vineyard grape. So mm. I think that I, I, I've tried so many good Trebbianos from so many different parts of Italy. I would never want to say that one part of Italy makes the best. Obviously, Diabluto comes to mind, which is ironic because you assume Diabluto, you assume Trebbiano, you assume would be terrible. Yeah. Or you'd well, think guess, would cheap and easy. I guess and it's actually, more... ironically, it's the best Trebbiano comes from Diabluto. So assumptions, I think, with wine grape varieties can always be made. Mm. And I don't ever like to do that because I think you can probably find some grape. Example, I don't, I openly don't like Gamay. I don't think it's that great grape. I think it's kind of boring. Except for when Sorenberg do it in Australia and Victoria, I think it's amazing and it blows my mind off. Shows that it depends on how it's made or where it's made. So exactly. every grape has a place, and every grape can be better somewhere else. And I think a Trebbiano of all grapes is probably a grape that could be grown nearly anywhere. Well, also and make can, a wine. And the winemaking, so, depending on the technique, and this is about the, the knowledge and the winemaking with mm -hmm. it. So I think so. you'd find it's very changeable, and I think it's a wine that, not so much in the vineyard, the winemaking, yeah. but I think in, in the vineyard side of Trebbiano, you can make it make a lot of grapes and be very poor, or you can really concentrate it down like they do with the top people in Bruzzo and make it really good quality that's true for every grape in some way but I think for Trebbiano or for um, Uni Blanc or these are grapes that normally More use for mass production stuff, yeah. yes. can, or Viera Viera is a great example as well Viera yes. is a Trebbiano it can make really crap boring wine or sometimes it can make superb wine yes. so I think that's it's a, it's a grape that's so changeable depending on how it's treated and where it exactly. is so I would never want to count it out because we but have tried some we fantastic ones. We are talking about Trebbiano and it's very small production, yeah. actually. So it's not <laughs> just, we've now spoken about this for the last yeah. Yeah. Like, By the way, guys, you're probably never going to see the Trebbiano. <laughs> but this, this links into what we're going to go on to anyway. But my, my interest was obviously because red varieties, as we're going to talk about, have been experimented with and, uh, and successfully well in Uruguay. Uruguay? Uruguay. Yeah. Um, and I was just interested whether experimenting with the white varieties as well. That's quite important to bring it up ahead of ahead of game. Well, yeah. I certainly love the I love the Albariños in Uruguay, and Albariño really is not growing in Chile or Argentina. Um, so yay, I like own it. it. Claim, claim own, it, own it Uruguay, and take it. Yeah, exactly. um, and take talking of uh, owning and taking the grape varieties, Tanit. Yes, Tanit. Uh, oh, actually, uh, done. that's why oh, I was just, saying what I was saying. Like I, I, thought was, I was thinking. Oh, I thought no. I was linking in well. Then I thought I assumed the turn out to be last. Oh, okay, well we should. Oh, we should have had like a code word or something. Okay, so ignore really, because we're so organised. So we do have a tannet, which is definitely the great variety of. Uruguay, mm -hmm. um, but we have a curveball, which I love. Yeah, but after my amazing segue that you just destroyed, we Sorry. have got an Italian grape variety in red form. Yay! Yeah, no okay. reason at all I brought up Italian grape varieties Please at all. Please tell us what we have and why you so, brought it. Yes, well, we have a Negro d'Avala. Mm -hmm. It's from Bodega de Luca. Mm -hmm. It's an Italian family. Mm -hmm. so surprise, surprise. Shocking. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, so we, we had the Albarino, that is uh, Spanish. We have we're having the Nerdabula, it's Italian, and we're going to have the Tana, it's a French one. Well, can I just interrupt you just for one second? I mean, what we haven't really touched on is that really uh, the history of um, Uruguay obviously has a lot of Spaniards, yes. but probably more originally Italians, and there was exactly. a real strong Italian history I was, in Uruguay. I was going to there. 
Okay, that we have. I've I, 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 I saw where she was I going, but obviously like, you, you're I was re- going there and you ruined it, Yanina. As what I'm we've learned is I'm that Yanina no, doesn't take cues very well, that when people are leading into something. I'm understanding today. Okay, sorry. We have a lot of immigrants, actually. Yeah. We're all immigrants, our grandparents, and that's the way they start to plant vineyards and making wines mm-hmm. my mom is Italian for example mm-hmm. and my grandparents uh, used to, to make wine in the back of my house and it was uh, something really um, common mm-hmm. in the Uruguayan families yeah 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 so uh, a lot of, so again that probably the the love of food exactly. must be very very big yes oh, i know obviously the cows and the meat and everything but still just food in general right yeah so the smell of like that viscous note when it's wine season must take you back in memories and when you smell like you know that winery smell that sort of viscous uh, wine note in the summer must be like you must be like ah oh, yes. childhood it's uh yes exactly yeah so yeah, tell us a little bit more about the Neradavala. So Neradavala, obviously, in general, is a Sicilian grape from, yes, from Italy. Um, exactly. But is this this is not grown much? I assume no, this no, must no. be very. It's not grown much. It's uh, this um, this winery has one hectare. Uh, one hectare. Yes, that's it. Okay. That's it. So this is a single vineyard, mm-hmm. and they wanted to to have Neradavala to. To have a little piece of their family, mm-hmm. so they they planted ten years ago. Reinaldo de Luca, it's the the owner of the winery. Mm-hmm. Are they and Sicilian origin? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes, Sicilian. Their family moved from Sicilia to Tos- Toscany and then to Uruguay, and they work um, th- they work together with Agostina de Luca. It's his daughter. Okay. Yes, and she's she's in charge of the. Um, um, export and yes, he ha- she helps in the winery. So you said like they do the Nero Davila, which is one hectare. What, do they focus more on? Yes, half tannet. Yeah. yeah. So this well. is just Mellow, a little mini project. Yes. I have to admit, if you, in case you ever confuse it with Italian, the label does have a giant moustache on it. Just yes. to make sure <laughs> it uh, is a brilliant. But so always with a little bit of an edgy plume on the end, just to make sure you know it's Italian. <laughs> so this is two, exactly. 2018 as well. Yes. Okay, so young but single vineyard in yeah. Colorado. From Canelones. Exactly. So we, yeah. El Colorado, it's a region in Canelones. Mm-hmm. The alcohol level on this is actually quite mild, actually. It's only um, 12.5, which yep. I'm surprised about. Like, you, don't, you, don't, you don't get that in any way. The, the body and everything is all there. But yes. I was surprised, you know, again, you, you assume in your head you're thinking South America, you're thinking heat. And you're thinking, obviously, Sicily heat, and then we produce higher alcohol wines. Actually, that's yes. quite... I'm assuming that's the effect from the, exactly. the coastal winds, yes. from yeah, the coastal winds. climate. Yes, the maritime climate. Nice and earthy as well. I really like the it's nose. very you said earthy. Yeah, it is very savoury, um, but at the same time, it's a re- it's really it's quite fresh. I suppose it's this again. It's it, yes. I, I expected it to be more concentrated, more powerful, but actually, it's quite That's light. Really, it dances around in your mouth. It's, it's it's almost what I'd expect from a New Zealand wine more than I would from a South America wine. In the sense of it's got that really good acidity. There's more earthiness in it for a heavier grape variety. The alcohol's mm-hmm. lower than I expected. It's not when if you were saying South American, it's not where I would put it at all. And it it has that earthiness of Italian, but it has that acidic lift of a new one. So it's very black cherry, but with this real mushroomy. Yeah, yeah no, very. Yeah, and very the, the, the more fruit comes from the palate, but I think the nose really gives that mushroomy um, woodland floor kind of mm-hmm. note, which makes you think of cooler or traditionally cooler climate. 
So it doesn't make you think of Nero Diavola either, actually. It's, Not at it's, all. It's I really would expect no because it's lighter than what I would expect. And the colour's a bit Nira lighter Diavola. as well. Well, I know we're looking at the yes, glasses exactly. as well. I don't know quite where I place it, but it's definitely very. It's quite elegant. It's well, got obviously, I would know it's Uruguay. <laughs> it's, it's definitely got it's got a decent amount of tannins but they're yeah. not overpowering but it, yeah. I think that, again this would be an amazing one that's the ripeness I think that's yeah. and I think that's also you've got enough ripeness but recording effect so maybe it's not as much sunlight so you're not getting the alcohol isn't going up too high mm-hmm. you still get the heat for the ripeness in the skin so you're getting a nice rounded flavour and then cooling nights to give the acidity so you're getting heat acidity but without too much sunlight or too much obviously maybe Verizon's a little bit later See, yeah. so it's, it's a quite balanced or a I, bit I, longer hang time I'm not sure I love but. the finish very red fruity and are the summers quite relatively short for Uruguay in these sort of regions right? I mean it's like, like they get a good concentrated summer but it doesn't go on too long so they get a bit more hang time yes no it, uh, it's not that long it's that's what yeah, I, I don't, yeah I'm trying to work out in my head it's just kind of like Obviously, because you're getting the sun and everything in there to yes. get the skin ripeness. Yes, exactly. But then you're not getting overly sugary like in Australia where there's just heat constantly. Yeah. So, if, if it, obviously, if it changes quite drastically from summer to like a mild autumn, then you're going to get a lot of good hang time. It's to not get too extreme a climate, really. No, is it? no you don't no, have crazy not. hot summers and super cool. It's, it's mild. You're, yeah, it's it's mild. The whole climate is pretty mild, exactly. I think, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Uh, this would be, for me, this would be great with a piece of lamb. I mean, yeah. and. And you were speaking you, uh, of barbecue earlier. I'm still. I can think of the the lamb I have when I was in Rioja, where they use the vines. It's clipping from the vines. I've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm still in love with it. Like, I need finished. to go back and do it. Uh-huh. Every time I have lamb anywhere else, it's disappointing now. But I think they do it like there's tons of salt. I don't know if they do it at all where you make barbecue, but you use the actual cuttings of the vines. No. So you, they they go. They burn really fast and really hot. And would I be right? He, he, he was orgasming over this. this I, actually, like, three days, I think in the last episode, I, I've had it three times in a row, like three days in a row, and I, I'm still missing it. That's like, so it's my biggest regret about leaving Rioja. Would I be right in saying so? Obviously, we know cows four to one, but yeah. it's, if you're not eating meat, generally you would then be eating lamb. Would yes, I mean, they're the two biggest meats that you're eating. Yes. Okay. Same. Perfect. So I think a roasted lamb, because again, yes. oh, okay, a smoke pork as well. We eat quite a bit. Well, actually, I yeah, had um, goat as well. We had goat the other day. Oh, we did. Yeah, have, we, we, we oh, the festival. Yeah, goat. we did. I think this is the goat a barbecue goat. Goat. Oh. Like slow cooked goat over a barbecue, which we had like it was over several hours. This would this would go really well with that because it's got that earthiness but enough juiciness. It's going to balance it out. Obviously, it's not having it with any. It's not a balanced dish. It's just literally the meat with the wine. I yes. think that's like a very raw dish as well. Yeah, and yes. it's a very I lo- expressive I love the raw tannins one. of this wine. It's very rounded and very softy. They spend they, this wine spend around twelve months in oak, but uh, second use. Second, I would have thought maybe even older. So actually, it just shows that the fruit maybe is strong the, enough because it really isn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, this vintage was in second use to mm. enhance the red fruits. You said red fruits on the yes. finish, and I do agree with that. I think it's maybe a little bit darker fruit on the nose, but on the palate, it it's, just, it's more it. lively. A touch of tightness I think that's what it is, keeping it because it seems so lively and fresh. I like this because you were saying about the tans being soft, but they're not yeah. soft in like the elegant. They don't feel like aristocratic soft. They exactly. feel they still feel kind of masculine and rough in a way but just where they should be like Italian. it's kind of masculine and Italian I don't know maybe in their no, wines not their people I don't, I, I don't like genders in wine but oh sorry because I was going to say this is quite feminine but okay I'm not allowed when, I say, when I say masculine I mean it in the sense of um, gender I meant more in the case of 
feel or idea of but yeah so I love that you, so you brought uh, Nero Davila um, I, I know I think I mentioned to you before we started recording um, I heard that Nebbiolo um, yes, the great variety of Barolo is growing there a little bit I mean yes, what exactly. is there any other major Italian varieties Sangiovese okay makes yes. sense okay Vigna Progreso it's the winery of Gabriel Pisano mm-hmm. who yeah uh, so yes. we're going to drink the, the family wine yeah, in cool. a minute Sangiovese must be interesting again yes. with that coastal effect the, the wines will arrive Shortly okay. to the UK. Uh, I'll be really so excited. Yeah, people. Okay, so it's almost there again. Yes, as we already there. touched, it takes nearly eight weeks to come to the UK. <laughs> so it's on, hopefully it's on the water now. Yes. And what other great? So obviously we will finish with Tanit. So we're not going to talk about Tanit into the end. But what about other red grape varieties? I know again, uh, Marcelin mm-hmm. is growing, um, which is a bit more unusual. Um, any other well, and of course yeah, Marcelin and Pinot Noir and, yes yeah. exactly Marcelin is pretty trendy in Uruguay now okay uh, Uruguayans drink a lot of wine actually so you I have you heard of um, have, hashtag if this is on Instagram it's a thing that I think has just started hashtag per copita exactly do you want it um, you will probably explain this better than me so this is South American Twitter for yeah. those who are on South American Twitter well no for English people like myself who want to feel like they're an honorary uh, person so from Uruguay when I say South American yes. Twitter it's like saying like you know, black Twitter or gay Twitter it's the, still the same Twitter just what the circles of people okay so if you want to be in the circle of south america yes. if you hashtag per copita cop- copa means glass and copita is like a is a yes. diminutive is a little baby glass so per copita exactly. and tell us tell us this new it's yeah, a new it's, it's a game marketing bit, thing yes, isn't it exactly. a bit of a it's uh from Uruguay. it's the the brand of the wineries in uruguay okay uh, they promote the wine in, internally yes and well Per capita, it's by people. Well, yeah, yeah, per capita. Per capita. Yeah, so it's a play on yeah. words, isn't it? It's Copita, a on, yeah, exactly. capita. Yeah, yes, exactly. And we have um, the, the hashtag. It, it means we have the more enjoyment per capita. Yeah. So Mu- mucho gusto por, cap- per capita yeah, or something like that. Enjoyment right? per glass. So basically, you guys are drinking far more than everybody else exactly. and love it. And also, wine. <laughs> and we are proud of and it. And wine is your preferred whoa, whoa, choice, whoa, whoa, isn't whoa, whoa, whoa. it? Drinking more. Sorry, we're in England. No, in, no, no it's South America. South America. Oh, okay. Yeah. Chill that's, out, John. That's not competition. You that's can't like contribute to this. But it's so basically. I'm just not drinking more just to make a point. But I, I love that. So they've done they've done their testing in South America. The people of Uruguay are drinking far more than everyone else per capita, and their the preferred alcoholic beverage hang, is wine. Hang on yes. a second. It's a, it's a national drink. So. How come the Uruguay does it? It's impressive. When England does it, everyone thinks we're disgusting. Because we're not Europe. classy people. Because we just get drunk and we we you find people like curled up in a bush. Yeah, we don't do it in a classy way. These yeah, guys have do. a barbecue like, there, there and they're is, eating the most delicious meat. There is something waltzing in, around with swirling a glass. There is something endearing about a lot of people going off into the park with a um, one-use barbecue, badly cooking sausages, and then when you walk past them in the morning walking your dog, someone has happened to me, explodes out of a bush like they've just woken up in bed. <laughs> literally, it was only not that long ago to me. A few weeks yeah, ago, literally, someone just burst out of the bush going. They went, looked at me, had a backpack half over the head, the shirt half hanging off looked at me and then just ran away yeah and that's why we don't have a hashtag per capi, uh, co- uh, copita hashtag. Not spell it. No, well, e- either way we wouldn't have a hashtag 
our wines or anything. Nobody will ever do that for England because we're not classy enough, unfortunately. We ruin it for ourselves jumping out of bushes. We could have class if we wanted it. We, we yeah, exactly. We're choosing. We're choosing. We could do it. Yeah. Okay. Well, why don't why don't you and me yeah. start a new hashtag and see if we hashtag yeah, English I'm people are classy German, too? I'll get my German passport. I'm out of there. Don't worry. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on. So I think that's awesome. So everybody. Yes. You don't need to be from Uruguay or South America. If you uh, raise a glass, go buy yourself a bottle of wine from Uruguay and look up the hashtag. It's per, P-E-R, and then copita, C-O-P-I-T-A. Think per capita and then think that a South American villain in a Bond movie saying it and, and then you're there. You can exactly. see, and, and I know what you mentioned, which is the, 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 on Instagram, the people who kind of, I guess, look after the wines and it's, um, at, uh, Vinos, the Vinos underscore. Yes. Del uh, Uruguay. Say again. It's Del Uruguay. Oh, Del. So D-E-L and then Uruguay. So Vinos underscore Del Uruguay. I have to say it in that really classy English accent that just ruins everything. But there we go. Yeah. So everyone check that out because it's awesome. Um, this Nero Davila, where can you get this? I'm testing you now. Do you know, is, it, is this in the UK? Yes, it's, this is in the UK and Vinos Latinos is the importer. It's okay. an Uruguayan um, that uh, she has uh, another winery, uh, Marichal. Ah, uh, Machal. Okay, Familia Machal, yes. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, I interrupt you. Sorry, Machal. No, Machal, Familia Deicas. Oh, Deicas, yeah. Establecimiento Juanico. Yep. And Viñedo de los Vientos. What's the last one? Viñedo de los Vientos. Los Vientos. Oh, yeah. So, winery of the wind, right? Yes, exactly. Amazing. Um, oh, and... can't remember what you're saying. You said Livio Lorentos. Ah. And what I love about uh, Decas, we're talking yes. about different people that kind of uh, ha have helped the movement, Garzon having Alberto Antonini, mm -hmm. you have Paul Hobbs, I mentioned that to you earlier, John. Yes. I was gushing about Paul Hobbs earlier, I think he makes gushing. great wine. I, I, yeah. I was gushing, I was gushing. gushing. That's, that's Sorry Paul, I'm not crushing you, you do some amazing wine. Yeah. Gushing um, and crushing. He does some, he does some great but also good value, like you're yeah, talking about he does like... He's a phenomenal if, winemaker. If you want to try some, if you can get, get hold of his cross... Uh, cross barn um, wines both his red and white I think they are perfect examples of really good elegantly made US wines that don't cost you an arm and a leg mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm super pro them yeah so yes. I, I I mean again you've just mentioned four really really good wines well I, I don't know about the um, Bodega de, las, uh, de los Vientos yes. I haven't tried their wine I can only assume the rest I know are amazing so mm -hmm. They're not going to ruin it with a rubbish no, one, are no, they? No, 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 exactly. They're very good. <laughs> and of course, they have an aviolo as well. So, do we know? Do we know how much this wine would retail at? I'm gonna. I'm. I might Google. guess. You can guesstimate. You can. You don't have to be exact. Guesstimations. Phones are out now. People are checking. There's. There's numbers being checked. So, I think the retail price for Nero Davila is around fourteen ninety nine. Around around fifteen pounds, I would say. Yeah. It'll be around. That, I think yeah. for that for that wine is really good. Again, if it was a standard Nero Diavolo, Diavolo, I think you can find some that would be around that price from Italy anyway, that due to the issue, the way the fact that Sicily is taken off so amazingly at the moment, would probably be around that price point and may not, wouldn't probably hit the mark. So I think that actually to have a different expression, um, a very elegant expression, I think that's actually a really good price. Yes. Yeah. So this winery, it's um, very iconic in Uruguay. Oh, really? Uh, yes. Why? It's a traditional one. And Reinaldo de Luca. Tell them they're on the price themselves. Traditional, fantastic, famous, and they're in £15 a bottle. They need Correct. to push those prices. Yes. Reinaldo, the winemaker, 
it's like iconic in Uruguay. Really Everyone uh, admires him and wants to listen when he talks and he's so funny. He always has stories to tell. It's and makes really good nice so that to, really to be around him and to If you want some marketing advice, I'm happy and free. I'll come out to Uruguay. Yes. <laughs> Marketing advice. No, to be honest, yeah, this should be a, a I think it should be more expensive for what it is. I think it's, it's it's very elegant. I think also with the what you call the both British and modern European taste maybe for more elegant, fresher reds. Mm -hmm. mm. Um I think it's a really good expression. There isn't enough I mean this is actually, you know, you if you're if you don't want to have your favourite, John, Gamay. Um uh, <laughs> I never and, have Gamay. And Pinot Noir and perhaps maybe a Cabernet Franc from the Loire or something. I mean actually it's quite hard to get really I all I mean it's, I, I, it, I think that's a misnomer. I think we have an assumption was about Pinot Noir and other white grape varieties being fresh in this. And I think sometimes actually they're over acidic and they can be overdone, especially when they're cheaper. Mm. I think that actually you find a lot Cabernet Sauvignons it can be done in a fresher way like we talked about like earlier from about North America and other areas that's true I actually, have had some incredibly fresh Cabernet they, Sauvignons they've still got the body in there this but they can be Tasmania very yeah. drinkable very um, even Kunawara ones actually they're not overly rich they're very drinkable mm. and I think it's, 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 it's a weird obsession ahead we think oh, it has to be thin and light and delicate to be refreshing and that's not true yeah. it's just got to be made very balanced and not with too much oak and be made in the right way exactly. um, even the pom and roll we had I mean that was, it's heavier but that's still not a it's not a wine you sit and you drink it, oh, it's syrupy, it's this. That's true. The, and I think yeah. those wines are disappearing in general because people don't drink much of anymore. Or what is the alcohol on this? 12.5, oh, it's really low. 5. So I think for me, this is like, this. if you're talking about what the market is at the moment for wine in the UK, especially more in the, the wine wine scene where people want to try different mm. and still want to have something that's fresh and they can drink and also be able to probably have a glass of and still drive home. <laughs> well, well that, no, but it's yeah. a big thing. Eight glass like, and drive like home. to lunchtime, you know, this is a great lunch wine. Lunchtime exactly. wine. Yeah, it's a good... Um, Deluca... Yeah. No, it's no, a lunchtime one I can have it with my lamb or my beef it's still going to stand up to it it's still going to cut through because the acidity because of those tannins and because of the savoury nature but yeah. then I'm also going to be able to drive home it's, again sometimes fine wines that have that freshness but also have that body you do go to new world over old because old world struggles sometimes not you know more earthiness in there and a bit more complexity or a bit more tightness mm -hmm. where new world tends to be more expressive but then the alcohol creeps up and then god I don't want to have a bottle of 15 pound a 15% uh, wine for, for lunch because well, I would, but most normal human beings wouldn't want to do that on their own um, because you know they've got yeah, to drive no somewhere. Just do what you do. Yeah, no, don't don't do my diet. Mm. It's not it's not advisable. I mean, I've still got a perfect bill of health, but for other people, he it's thinks not he has a bill of health. But don't. No, tell my doctor him. actually hates me. <laughs> Literally hates me. Are you an anomaly? Yeah, Are you ruining no, she's, she's all the rules not, of health? She's not happy with me. Okay. Yeah. Well, talking of health, oh my God, talk about queuing in, everyone. I've just queued myself in. <laughs> this is fabulous. I'm amazing. Uh, talking of health, guys, Tanit, which we're going to go on to now, is actually probably considered one of the healthiest great varieties in the world because of the antioxidants, the exactly. resveratrol in Tanit amazing thick skins loads of polyphenols more than like apart the only great variety i think that competes with it is sagrantino from italy maybe maybe and this is why what you don't know when you see pictures of gabby's actually 85. <laughs> she looks it's like just she's, she for a young looks age like she's late it. 20s but yeah. actually yeah. she is 85, 85 and it's still the tannet she's drunk you're fabulous no i, I just remember that uh, this wine here has anglianico as well Agianico. Ah, yeah. Oh no, no, you've really yeah. got me intrigued. I'm yes. a big. I worked at a Campania restaurant, so. So hang on, just to, just because you're so pointing at the from, one. So from, the Nero de Avila has Agianico in it. No, no, no. No, no, oh. they grow Agianico. Yeah, they I was grow. Say, 
But that ah, imagine but that'd be a bit more in a warmer site, I would the, imagine. Well, no, then the other should be warmer. Yeah. So maybe in, in the same region, they're Cool, they're I'm intrigued. We'll, we'll swap details. I need to try some of these wines. These oh, the, honestly, there's... And also, talking about regions, um, the, the warmest region is actually probably... In, is like in central Uruguay. Durano? Durazno? Durazno, yeah. Is that, is that also, up and coming, do you think? Yes, it's a, it's a good region. And well, she, she's going to say everywhere's up and coming in Uruguay. Uh, she's biased, isn't she? Uruguay, Uruguay, Uruguay. <laughs> you, you can't perfect, see it, but she has two foam hands, Uruguay on it, in the air at the moment. Oh my god, right the now. foam hands. We should have got you some foam hands. That would have been good. Carry on, sorry. So, Durazno is, is much but warmer. At her age, she can't lift things. Can't at 85. It? Yes, in the middle of the country, it's much warmer. And also in the north. Is the north. Okay. It's, are they producing. I don't know anything about the north. I know that yes. when I look on a wine map of Uruguay, it really kind of goes up the western side yes. and it kind of finishes up near Brazil. Yes. But I know nothing at all about that region because no one's really talking about it. Are the grapes um, better? Do you get good value there? Are they actually, are they actually growing premium stuff? Yes, of course. Re um, oh, okay. Yes. Uruguay, it's kind of all uh, into high quality and planting premium you don't really do you don't do bulk stuff do you some do some you? wineries do but uh, we don't talk very, about so, it we don't, we don't talk about it it's under the rug the one rule of fight club <laughs> no, it's, is it's <laughs> you don't talk about the cheap grapes no but it's it's such such small production it's just it's the not tourists <laughs> the people you don't like Yes, mostly. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, she, it's Gabby's just, trying to do some serious chat It's just an like, American tourist. Guys, let me talk about the amazing reality. ways of... Stop ruining it. Yes. <laughs> we want to talk She doesn't about work the for tourism wines. board. She's allowed to say this. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, I, I forgot what, what <laughs> I was we, going we, to say. We were, I'm sorry. We were talking was about the premium rates of up, yes, the, up in the north. Exactly. In the north. Well, Tanad is really different from the north and then in the south. Okay, interesting. I with an accent or with an accent, Sorry. of course. And then it's uh, it's uh, more spicy, and the tannins are different in a. I don't know how to say. Greener it. or softer in some regions, or yes. Um, well. Is it warm? Sorry, again, I, I know a lot more about the, the coastal region yes. and, the, and, the, and the south, but as we go up higher, presumably, well, and we haven't got the maritime influence, so it's all everything is warmer, right? Yes, it's warmer, but it is. Uh, more They have a lot of. Um, a little altitude. Okay. In the north, in oh, Rivera. So confusing. This region. Which region? It's Rivera. Rivera. Yes. Oh, Rivera. The region that is in the front, it's in the, um, near Brazil. Okay. Cerro Chapeu, it's a winery. Would it be more extremes then? So like cooler winters, but much more extreme summers because it's more continental, more continental and then you've got none of the maritime effects. So exactly. the acidity level is probably a bit lower, but then you're getting higher alcohol and super ripe tannings, but yes. then also it's a bit jammier and bulkier. It's well, jammy, yes. And, and, and less hang time, so if you're closer, more hang time. And wines have have more structure so they're spicier and bigger mm -hmm. and maybe juicier up in the north exactly. they may be a little bit more elegant uh and fresher mm -hmm. but they're the probably south. a little bit more earthier down south or more jammier it's almost more new world old world almost in classical way of thinking yes and were you did you mention a winery yes Cerro Chapel. okay it's which i can pronounce chapel 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 it's you a bit aggressive, you know. Sorry, it means hat in Portuguese. Oh, really? Yes, okay. Because it's in the border. So. There's also Portuguese influence as well. You didn't even mention that. <laughs> yeah, we don't have it. Um, Portuguese grapes, well. 
but yes. Give it time. And so, and how do you pronounce chapelle? Chapelle. But how do you pronounce, oh, sorry, pronounce. That's exactly what I said. But how do you pronounce it? How do you pronounce it? How do you spell it? It's C-H-A-P-E-U. E-U. Of course it is. Okay, That's what I said. Okay. That's what you said. Of course. That makes sense. And zero, it's hill. Yeah, yeah. So it's 300 meters above sea level. Okay. It's the highest So that's peak something that people there. should be looking out for. And, and the yes. region again? It's Rivera. Rivera. Okay. Yes. So for people wanting Rivera, to... Rivera, similar to the same people, as in Spanish as the region as well. Yes. So people wanting to explore the north, you would advise them go Rivera and expect exactly. a bigger Jamia Tanet. Yes. Um, we've obviously touched... Also, the, oh, yeah. um, the soils there are red soils mm -hmm. that are particularly for this region mm, is okay. unique in Uruguay. There's like 99 different soil types yes, in Uruguay, yes. right? So again, this just shows 99 different soil types. Um, John is getting super excited. Or I mean, is, wait, you're saying Uruguay's got 99 problems, but soils aren't one? It has that is done. brilliant. Uruguay has 99 problems. And that is now the name of this podcast. One. <laughs> Good. We like that. We like getting yeah, a title for the podcast. It gives complexity to the wines and awesome. every region is different. Amazing. We have as well in on the east, on the west side, yeah. we have a region called Colonia. Colonia has the effects of the river, doesn't it? Exactly, so it's different yeah. instead of it being more yeah. ma uh, the colder, it's much warmer because it's much warmer. And that's yes. very much near to uh, for people Buenos Aires of yeah, Argentina, it's in right? In front yeah. of Buenos Aires, mm -hmm. exactly. So again, the fact that it's warmer and the maritime effect is effectively moderated again maybe richer styles richer styles okay yes. and then you have and they they produce mostly red wines okay n not really the white and you have uh, san jose don't you to yeah, the san to, jose, exactly. to the west of uh, canelones is that a bit still quite small or is that maybe up and coming yes it's up and coming some wineries are planting more vineyard in the region but Castillo Viejo, it's one of the wineries mm -hmm. that it has vineyards in there. Familia Deicas as well. Ah, ah I, I was drinking a tannet from San Jose. <laughs> I was drinking the tannet from San Jose. Yes, yes exactly. Yes. Absolutely. So that's really interesting. Now, now I remember. Um, talking of tannet, lead us into... Okay, so I have a beautiful crush on Pisano. Um, Gabriel and Daniel, they obviously know. Um, yes. I love them very much shout out to you guys um so i'm so glad you brought this in fact i did a wine video on youtube on their rpf tannet so i'm really excited because it's a different vintage this is uh 2015 why did you bring pisano um rpf tannet apart from the fact that it's delicious well i i love this tannet it represents a lot of uruguayan tannets um and I feel it's uh, very traditional of, mm. and it pairs beautifully with meat. <laughs> Which is a small it's part of the Uruguayan diet. A little bit. Yes. For the occasional time that you eat some cow, yes. yeah. you can bring out this bottle of Bassano. So only for breakfast, lunch, dinner or elevenses. <laughs> Elevensies. Elevensies is a thing in Chile, which I learned about. Really? You, yes. Do you have an elevensies in... Um, it's it, just an excuse to sit down and have a snack and, and a drink. Do you have an elevensies in your... I love life? that. Look, the, the expression no, I was giving, like, you didn't go ask a question, but the expression she was giving you, like, she doesn't know what you're talking about. Well, anyway, no, an elevensies is a thing in certain parts of South America. But nonetheless, any excuse, you're eating cow pretty much non-stop. So there's always an excuse for this pisano. 
Yes. <laughs> this is powerful. Most yes. confused guest expression ever was like, yes, let's get back to the work. I love that. I, I, do wish, I do wish for our listeners that people that we did record we more. We start doing some Because if you recording. could actually see Gabby's face when I'm talking, she's like, <laughs> what the what fuck? Are, what are you talking about? Oh, WTF. Um, this is so... Um, it, it is really concentrated. There's so much more power behind this. You've got, and again, actually, quite earthy. There is no jamminess to this. Um, really quite meaty exactly. as well, which is why you probably, again, you said it, it, it pairs so well. Yes. Um, I can almost um, smell the kind of the blood that comes. There's a real, um, is it iodine? That, that is an iodine smell yeah. Is that, 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 that you get with this. Um, loads of black fruits. And it has beautifully aged, I think. Oh, it's, it's got that, that leathery note. And it's that tertiary is in there. No, I agree. I think, I, think, I think you picked it at a really good time to try it. Um, I think what's really exciting to see is Tana is a really big, bulky grape. Mm-hmm. But it does seem to come around quite quickly once it does. So it's yes. sort of like it. You, you, I think it's actually almost, almost a sommelier's challenge is to catch it when it's ready. Yeah. Um, I think like, you know you have some grapes like Barolo which you know they just keep teasing you for coming along but it takes about more than your lifetime yes. um, and then I think grapes like Tana will be like I'm not ready I'm not ready I'm not ready I'm ready ah and then like if you don't catch it then it's like ah you missed me and it's sort of I think that there is a, it's almost a talent of the sommelier I don't think it's a fault of the winemaker I think it's just the grape variety itself and yes. I mean um, and it, it, it also depends on the way of winemaking because some that's wines you know, are it, and some are more, more, more stable are, really uh, yes uh, we have also <laughs> that, that, um, that yes is the most confident yes we've had well, the podcast so, yes they are ready they are <laughs> yes. ready and you don't understand this how ready they are this makes a sparkling of Tana well this is actually Gabrielle so this is an Italian family and I again so I love that that, that seat is getting wetter by the minute when you mentioned them oh, I love them and so and they're in the well if you talk about Gabrielle who is the the newest generation he's the fifth um, Daniel, who uh, Daniel, I remember. First of all, he relates to every tannet to like a different uh, car. He love he loves cars, and he he has tried to explain to me the different tannets based on sports cars and and the machinery and the and I literally didn't understand a word, but it was fabulous. But he was fa- I think he's famously been quoted as kind of saying that tannet is like it has that kind of elegance and the structure of like a thoroughbred, and if you can't handle it, go buy yourself a pony. Brilliant! <laughs> this guy is a legend. Um, and yes. it makes me think of Italian yeah. sports car. It only works for ten minutes, but the best ten minutes of your life. <laughs> Danielle will absolutely love you. Um, Are you catch that perfect ten minutes? Best ten minutes ever. The rest of the time, it's not really working. Some guy's working. It's the back of a truck. It's on a lorry. It's not ready yet. It's not been released yet. I like how we're related. That, yeah. Br- bring everywhere. this back to horses and, and cars. But uh, Gabriel, who has um, he has been your progressor, which you already mentioned. Exactly. Um, he has a lot of people copying his methods of open bar- uh, open barrel fermentation that, that is really kind of I think softened. I'm probably wrong, but a beautiful well, method. That, that of makes it more, more surface yes. areas. Giving more. The, I mean, there's the, the funny thing we've seen with the difference between I think. And the great evolution, we were talking about this before we started the podcast actually, about the evolution of winemaking techniques and about the fact of the winemaking world has become so much more open. Yes. Like, you've seen the new younger generation of Burgundy winemakers all trained in New World mm. or in different parts of the world. And the new new generation of New World wine producers all trained in the Old World. And they're exactly. crisscrossing ideas. And a lot yes. of them go and do. It used to be, if you worked in, in, in Bordeaux, you went to some time in California. Now it's if you work in Bordeaux, you some time in California, a bit of time in Australia, and a bit of time maybe even in Canada, yes. or different climates. Why makers travel, and they learn different techniques, and they keep, um, they keep up with the trends. Mm. Um, 
uh, her friend, a uh, winemaker, Santiago de Gasperi from Viña Progreso, who is making Petnat. Okay. Oh, nice. Yes, there's some pet nuts coming yes. out. I mean, I'm, I'm not we, the biggest fan of it, but I like the fact that people are trying. It's just no. new. Just do different things. Yeah. Explore. Well, this is the other thing we're saying as well, is I think that it's so important. I said that my biggest thing when I see a winemaker is no matter what the winery or the style is, when you walk in, if in the corner somewhere in the winery, say that they're really traditionalist, they use oak, they use a bit of stainless steel, and they use this, and that's their main wine. But in the corner, he's got concrete eggs, manfora, and this, a small little laboratory set up. Like, <laughs> okay, this guy's trying to... Because if you're not like a chef if you're not pushing your cooking experimenting you're not going to improve exactly. as a wine both a winemaker and a vignoble and again same with the vineyard I think it's really important they're like cool these are our 12 plots of Albrino but there's one plot over here we've got 12 different grape varieties planted we're just seeing what happens yes. and I think that's so think, important uh, to see and yes. I think Uruguay what you were saying has exactly. a lot of that going on it's, yes he has uh, also a non-allel sulfites um, Marcelin Again, Unique. really interesting. Yeah. Um, I love all that crazy stuff. I think it's anyway we progress so and change. Talking about this, there is a new generation of winemakers and also um, hairs. Okay, from, yeah, yeah. From the wineries that are changing the way uh, Uruguay wine was. So it can so really only get more. Really exciting and, and really cool. And you mentioned again about Pisano now has the sparkling tannins. Simply exactly. based, he, he um, Gabriel is really much more about experimenting on things, yes. and it works so well that that's now been introduced into the Pisano range, right? Yes, that does sound like course. a drunk challenge, though. And also, <laughs> like someone goes, you can't definitely make. You know, I can make a tannin do anything. You, know, you can't make a good sparkling yeah, tannin. Like, oh, I'll I show can. you. Yeah, it was actually a beer. challenge for him. Oh, it really yes. was. Hold, hold my beer. Yeah. I'll show I you. I just think, but that just shows, you know, Pisano, they're they're all about um you know the care for the vines it's really small tight-knit this family every single one of them is doing something different yes, in the winery three brothers yeah eduardo daniel and gustavo they're very funny they're oh. always very happy it's it's really There's nice a good to energy. work with them yeah. and also nico kostik is the expert manager and, and he is and sorry yeah, nico a big shout out to you you're fabulous obviously I was mentioning the family, but I mean, I, he's pre- he yeah. might as well he's be part of the family. The family he yeah. absolutely is. No, I want I wanted to say that we also have a carbonic maceration tannet. I'm intrigued. Mm. Yes, but is that it's very cool? Is Pesano making no, that? It's, no, it's it's not. I, I really okay. I really like. I, I'm, again, I'm a big fan of. Yeah, experimentation, carbonic kind of maceration it makes it's it's a lot of interesting. And who's the producer again? Pisorno. Pisorno. Is that in the UK? Not yet. Is okay, but it, it might be in America. We have American listeners. Yes. So we have quite a lot of American listeners actually. Exactly. Yes. So check out it. California. Maybe possibly out there. Um, do Do we know how much? I mean, this. I think was this. Is this around twenty five pounds? This yeah, bottle. So around something like that. Thirty. Yeah. It's um. But absolutely, you know, it, the the structure for me. Um, it's got a little bit of smokiness to it. That lovely licorice, that dried notes. I, I, feel, um, I think Gabby noted in the head is a lot of tertiary aromas. There's yes. lots of saddle smoke. Um, added pepper, not like sort of natural peppers coming out. I think it's, it's a very tertiary wine, but the fruit's still there, and it gives that backbone. And the tannins are very, very soft again. Um, but they're there; like they don't leave oh, you. Like oh, I'm no, still, absolutely. Like they are. And remember, they're playful on the back of your tongue. I think it's a very, and I think it's a hard wine to get your head around because mm. you're thinking South American tannins from Uruguay don't taste like South. They don't taste like Malbec. They don't taste like um, Cabernet Sauvignon. They do very taste separate. They don't taste like tannins from. From Madaran, Madaran no. is the region for everyone it, where it originally yeah, came they're, from. Yeah, they're, they're nowhere near as aggressive and. Well, no, they're much more. Madaran is almost redder fruits and much more structured, and the tannins really are so much more so dry. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas um, here, it's blacker fruits, juicier, and softer tannins, and delicious. But also, yes. those tertiary aromas come around. I think it comes around so quickly. I think that it's, it's 
it is a it's a wine it's a wine style that I think that if you if you're not a wine geek, it would take a few times trying to get your head around mm-hmm. unless you grew up with it. Yeah. Um, but I also think if you grew up with it, you would taste wines from other countries. You go, you drink this? Yeah. Like, this is boring. Exactly. And this is a very much not a boring wine. It's got a lot going There's on. There's loads more you going can on. See, we can sit here and pick this. I bet if we sat here with this bottle, letting it open up. Oh we'll my god! Which we're going to have to do after and I, and I, we turn off this podcast. Yeah, and I think <laughs> I think for value, I think that you really can't you can't knock that at all. I think for red wine, you know, if you're a big big boy red wine fan, you talk, you know talk about you love your cabbage, you love your this, like me, I love your Triga Nacional from Portugal. And I think that's probably the biggest comparison to do is like Douro from Portugal. Mm, Some okay, of the yeah. bigger, heavier Douros where mm-hmm. they open up and they change over time. Yeah. Um, when they've got some age and I think that this compares to those because there's a lot going on Very cool. it should be a blend with the complexity going on there. so I think guys it's, yeah, if you some like, yeah. winemakers blend it with our ah, grapes you know this is what makes me laugh and we need to finish up in a second guys but what makes me laugh is that when you can blend Tanit with Cabernet Sauvignon and Cabernet Sauvignon is supposed to soften it up <laughs> that, is, that shows you the kind of in, instruction in, in, prison, in, prison, in, prison rules, in prison rules Cabernet Sauvignon normally would be the big dick and it's, unfortunately when it comes to Tanit no, no it's the bitch yeah. and of course they they also blend it with Pinot Noir and it goes very very Frank. beautifully um, to Syrah sometimes Cabernet Franc I imagine actually work really well almost like a um, yeah, as an extra character this does more that green notes and those other herbaceous notes you wouldn't yeah. get for the Tanit yes exactly please and Cabernet Franc it's one of um, oh, another great variety that watch out for Cabernet Franc from yes actually Cabernet Franc from worldwide at the moment is get, picking up more and more guys now, yeah no tell me on that I think we have to say yeah and I, for anyone who hasn't got, got the idea please go and try some Uruguay wines and I just need to say a big thank you to Las uh, 110 Televance uh, thank you very much for hosting us again. us again. They are amazing. Um, if you want to come try some wines, they do 70 CL glass measures. Um, yeah, 70 mil. It's food awesome. is fantastic. Don't tell Ross I said that. He will be a guest soon. Um, but yeah, do do come check them out. They're, they're lovely. They host us now a few times, and uh, it's a great setting. Um, food is great. The wine is fantastic. You've got so many choices list. by the glass. So literally it's something about, what, 100 or something by the glass? Isn't it actually supposed 110, to be 110? 110. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. My stupidity, 110. Um, but do come check them out. Um, literally, I sat here when I came in, even re-looking through the back of their wines, going, I love that wine, I love that wine, I love that yeah, wine. Yeah, they so are absolutely recommend. brilliant. And hopefully we'll record a little bit more and we'll tell you a few of our favourites. We'll try and drink some yes. of their wine whilst we're here. Just, well, you know, just for your well, purposes. if Ross is coming on, we have to, he has to bring us some food. So ah, I think that's only fair. Watch out for that episode. So, um, Gabby, thank you. Thank you so much, Gabby. So much for, for educating us in yeah, your, well, oh educating me. You two seem to be the experts. So I sat am back not and just, the expert at all. I just I'm know just that uh, today. they they make stunning. I've been the Cabernet the Sauvignon to your tenor. That's what I've been to. You are the Cabernet to the audience. <laughs> to the audience, that when you go to a wine shop to a restaurant ask for Tanat and Uruguayan wines and help me spread the word <laughs> absolutely please <laughs> all be, be so an honorary cool. ambassador of Uruguay because this is a little secret she gives up she gives out free beers if you bring a receipt for a bottle of free beers this is rubbish thank you so <laughs> much Gary thank You're you welcome. so much for coming on and uh, no we've loved the wines uh, and we'll see you again on another episode of Unfiltered bye bye